0: talking baseball Klazuski, Campanella talking baseball The man and Bobby Feller The scooter, the barber and the nuke They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque Especially Willie All right, we are just past the halfway point in baseball, the all-star break, and it's time to break all down the first half of the season and more. Normally, I have Jay Kressel and Joe Finger, but Joe, who is uh, traveling to France uh, this week, uh, will not be able to join us today, but, uh-huh. uh, but, but Jay is here. And I think Joe is uh, secretly scouting to see who France's best baseball player is for the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> <laughs> I would not doubt that for a second.
1: <laughs> He'll come back with a full report, I'm sure.
0: Yes. Yeah, we will definitely get the the, the full details on that. But Jay is here and we're going to we're going to we're going to do our talking baseball segment as always. And uh, we'll do a couple TV themes as well, because uh, uh, I know that's what Jay and Joe are normally here for. <laughs> Absolutely. First thing. <laughs> yes, that's the best. That's the best thing, of course. So uh, first thing up, did you watch the All-Star Game? Uh, uh, maybe a half inning. Okay. Okay.
1: It it, it has nothing to do with my love or hate for baseball because it, it will always be my favorite sport, but I turned it on and I thought the uniforms were the worst thing ever. Now I'm a traditionalist. Okay. I enjoy seeing them in their own uniforms. And then there was a conversation going on between the pitcher and the catcher that they were mic'd up, and it may have been cool, but it bothered me. Um, I hit mute when I heard that. I'm an old guy, okay? But there wasn't much going on. It was 2-0 when I turned it on. I flipped back later and it was 3-2, and that's how it stayed. So Hmm. I don't think I missed much action, and the uniforms alone made me insane.
0: Yeah, let's see, you you must have had my my script in front of me here because, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at this, you know, because I guess uh, Somebody asked Manfred about it, and he said, "Well, we just didn't feel like the uh, you know that it's a very good look for them to all be in their own, in their own uniforms." And of course, we'll we'll delve into Manfred a little bit more on yes, that. But but, but here's the, but here's the thing here, right? Baseball is the only sport that can get away with the guys wearing their own uniforms. You can't that do it correct. in football, hockey, or basketball. Nope. This is the one. And why wouldn't you want to be unique amongst all the All Star Games in that fashion? And
1: you know, look at the four All Star games. The baseball one is the only one that you can watch. Yeah. Because both football and NBA are jokes. I never knew the football was until I watched it this past year.
0: Two hand touch, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the NHL, every year they change the format. And so you can't develop any passion for one team or another. Or and now it's, I guess it's three on three instead of five on five. Baseball has always been the standard bearer. For their all-star games, and now we've messed with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no that that was the first thing that came to my mind. You know, and I would have more respect for if he would if he would just kind of say the truth. It's like, yeah, yes. we want to sell more merchandise. That that alone. Be that's truthful. it. That's it. That's it. May not like it, but I'll respect it if you're going to be truthful about it. <laughs> that's
1: why there are third jerseys. That's why there's camo. That's why you know. That's why you do it. Everybody knows that. Just say it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, it's like, yeah, who are you trying to get? So that brings me to Manfred. So yeah, I wrote wrote down to discuss him because- uh, Me too. I want to to get your thoughts on him as, you know, you look at the other commissioners and, you know, Roger Goodell, uh, a guy who tries to make the NFL a failure, but the league is so strong he can't. Correct. Uh, uh, You look at Gary Bedman, who used to be the number two guy in the NBA. He's taking his share of flack in the, in the NHL for sure, um, Adam Silver, the NBA. I mean, the players run that league, uh, yes. not the commissioner. And I'm not saying whether that's good or bad or whatnot, but sure. that's just so a fact. Uh, yep. So then, then we got Manfred. So where would you rank him in, amongst these guys? And and you know, I look at him and go, what?
1: <laughs> I put him fourth. And that's, and that's really uh, giving Gary Bettman too high of a rank at third. <laughs> um, you know, Goodell, for everything that goes on and for everything that, seems, that people shake their heads at, look at the NFL. Look at how they're doing. Look how happy the owners are, the players are. I know I know they're all not always happy, but it's a success. The NBA is a huge success. And you're right, the players run that league, not the commissioner. So that takes you down to Bettman. And if the NHL would get out of the 40s and 50s and realize that people like seeing skill and speed and not people getting elbowed in the head on purpose uh, uh, and then ignoring it, you know, I think it's time for Bettman to lace him up and skate off the ice. <laughs> but Bill Daly, his, his assistant, is not the guy. Okay. So then we get to Rob Manfred. You know, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for a few years there, especially, you know, those of us who lived with Bowie Kuhn. And if you remember the old line about him, this would not happen if Bowie Kuhn were still alive today. <laughs> and that was while he was the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there have been a few out Peter Ubaroth ran it like a business and it and it it would it did well, just mm-hmm. like he ran the Olympics. Yep. You know, the Olympics suddenly made money when he ran it. Rob Manfred, they shouldn't let him talk. I mean, the the uniform thing, the quote about minor league baseball players are not underpaid. <laughs> now, here's the thing. It's always been that way. It's understood that you're going to starve if you're in the minor leagues. He didn't need to open his mouth. Hmm. That's all there is to that. He didn't need to comment on that. He should have. Well, we'll look into that. We've got the union and the owners are checking into that. We recently, you know, talk about how we're paying for their lodging now and, you know, and meals and things like that. And we raise their salaries. And, you know, Major League Baseball is essentially funding minor league baseball. Now there are any independent teams that really matter. Mm-hmm. That's all he has to say. He, I mean, he needs to be more Roger Goodell and just, you know, toe the company line with his mouth and give half-assed non-answers, and he would be just fine. Mm -hmm. One other point on him. So who knew, and I just saw this yesterday or the day before, there was discussion of a salary floor for Major League Baseball, and that was according to Tony Clark, the president of the Players Union. How come we've never heard about this? I mean – and, and then the numbers started getting thrown around. The floor was going to be 100 million, okay? I'm all for that. Because the floor basically means there's going to be a cap too. And the cap they said was what 150 or 180, that's not high enough. I mean, you've got your Dodgers and Yankees in the 200s and your and maybe your Red Sox now doing your Mets. You know, sure they'll pay the luxury tax, but if you don't set it too low, then they will vote in favor of it. Yeah. And so what that will do is it will create a salary floor for the pirates and the A's and the Rays and whoever else got sued recently mm-hmm. to actually try to win or overpay some guys. Okay. You'll still be the lowest paid team in the major leagues. How come we didn't hear about that? I think that's a failure on behalf of the commissioner.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you, and he, and he just doesn't look, Sincere, correct. You know that's the other. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's that's the that's the other piece of it. Um, yeah, and I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking all of a sudden. Um, the prior commissioner, um, Bud Sealing. Oh, Bud Sealing, thank you. I don't know why I'm. You know, for all Bud Sealing, you know, couldn't do right. You knew he loved the game. That's correct. At the very least, you knew. He was going to try to do what he yeah. thought was best for the he game. He was an owner, yeah. So, and he did love the game, although he mangled the one all star. game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, and and really, you know, the fact that really kind of started the downhill slide sure of, of, of all of the, the all star game for sure. So, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it just, I, I'm befuddled whenever I hear Rob Manfred speak. So,
1: just, I have another all star game.
0: It's a question. Yeah. How is voting done? Ah, See? Yeah, I, I know there's some. Everybody online... should
1: know the answer to that.
0: Yeah, there's online components that, that yeah. are in play. We don't have the hanging Chad cards anymore, I don't think. No, from <laughs> I <Gillette. miss> those.
1: <laughs> Me <laughs> too. I go to the game and get 10 of them and start punching holes. Yeah, yeah. Right write yep. in Billy Grabarkowitz <laughs> at the bottom.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> 70s reference. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a portion of it that's a player's vote, I believe, that, the, that there's input and, and also managers. So Yes. But, yeah, so I think it's like a three-pronged situation now. But it, as to how exactly it works, I don't know.
1: And, and, you know, so we're the fans, and we don't know how that works. Okay, mm-hmm. We're big fans, as a matter of fact, compared to average Joe out here, and we mm-hmm. don't know how that works. And here's another thing. What was it? Two weeks ago, they said, "Well, we're going to announce the all-star teams." And I was like, "Did did anyone vote? When did this happen?"
0: <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, um, you know, I probably should have looked. If there's probably there there there's probably some voting mechanism in the MLB app. Ah, yeah. I'm sure there is. That would be a good idea if they haven't thought of it already. <laughs> I check my payment uh, in full. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, but you're right. Yeah, there they're. they're it, that should not be a mystery.
1: Come on, I, I mean, let people know. Yeah, at every game, you know, once voting begins, it should be on the scoreboard in the in the stadiums, and then any of us watching on TV will know.
0: Yeah, even uh, if we
1: don't get it through social media.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, throw us a QR code, do something. Yes. Uh, Yeah. There's. Yeah. Because. Yeah. When you When you stop and think about it, as many games as I've watched, I did not see much in the way of that kind of promotion for the All Star Game.
1: Yeah, I will tell you, I probably see six games a week on average on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a clue. Not a clue, and that's on me also. But you got to make it easy for people to know
0: especially in this day and age Absolutely. there's too many things to compete with so there there is that so uh so we were talking before i went on um so i'm making my trip to atlanta for for the first time to go to Truist park oh good uh, so it'll be my first opportunity to go there uh it's the angels and braves for the weekend and uh yeah i was hoping i would see otani pitch he got the first call on friday so that'll be uh that'll be uh that'll be worth watching. Um uh, and I like the fact he uh said he was gonna swing at Kershaw's first pitch and and, and, and get a get a hit. That was good good for him. Yeah. And, and it's kind of fun because I've seen him a little bit lately and you start to see a personality of his come out a little bit.
1: Yeah, I love that. It was like it took each hero forever yeah. for his personality to come out. Now you hear people tell it the guy was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he would, you know, pull stuff and make funny while he was on second base. I, I hope to see Otani do more of that.
0: Yes. Um, so I have mixed emotions about that too, because it's like, okay, I want to see him do well, but not get the win, you know? So- No, I understand. I, I have to root well, for a certain amount of failure on his part. <laughs> well, it is the angels. They'll yeah. find a way to lose. Yes, yeah. He can play great and they'll still find a way, that's for sure. So uh, uh, yeah, so- Part of the agenda is uh, I have to go to Murph's, so that yes. would be Dale Murphy's restaurant. The uh, should be in the Hall of Fame, Dale Murphy. Absolutely should. Um, again, and, our, uh, and maybe you've heard this one before, but uh, only two players hit 300 home runs in the 80s. You know, Murphy's one of them.
1: Yeah. In fact, I saw this tweet last week, and I can't remember who the other one is.
0: The other one? Michael Jack Schmidt. Oh, that's right. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, easily, so,
1: yeah. As, as should be Dale
0: Murphy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't, you know, heaven forbid that they don't do it after he, you know, is long past Earth's time. But, you know, it's, it's so
1: why isn't he? I mean, maybe I know he was on a
0: bunch of bad teams. bunch of bad That's teams. That's not on him. No. He still no. performed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he had, he had nothing around him. You know, had 40 homer seasons. Uh, we all know MVP, upstanding person and citizen. Yeah. I think the fact, you know, and, and, the, and the, the the big thing they kept holding against him was the fact that he didn't break 400 home runs. You know, it's like, come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's um uh, yeah and and, and how comes, and how come you know the later committees haven't got him in yet is is still crazy it'll
1: probably happen 20 years from now.
0: yeah um so as i've been as i've been watching the uh, the braves this season and here's another interesting factoid i, I feel like joe finger uh coming up with, <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with the research <laughs> um so matt olson Potential 60 double season. Yes. Which is harder than 60 home run seasons if you yes. go by the numbers, right? Yes. And I guess the last time it was done was like 1936. Oh my god. And it's only been like done six times.
1: <laughs> wow. So it was that like Tris Speaker or one of those guys? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. So you know hey, I have a I, Matt Olson question. Yes. Are the Braves fans over the Freddie Freeman
0: thing yet? I think by and large they are. Yeah. I think by and large they are. He's, you know, he's performed. He's not putting up the Freeman numbers right. just yet, but he's starting to warm up. He's now starting to hit the ball of the park as yeah. of the last couple of weeks, um, you know, and, and hey, you know, if you, if you hit 60 doubles, you're driving in runs. Uh, yeah. you know. So from that aspect, I, I think he's just fine, you know. What did you make of his uh, appearance there as a Dodger? The best line I heard was, uh, well, he's still in love with his ex. <laughs> true.
1: I think it was sad that it came to that. And, you know, now in hindsight, apparently it didn't have to come to that. Yeah. Because of his now former agent. And that makes it even sadder. Mm-hmm. However, I'm sure, you know, Freddie, the kind of guy, as he went, when that came out, he went back into the Dodger clubhouse. and He said, look, I'm here 100%. I'm here to win. I'm here to win for us. Let's get another World Series title. And I'm sure he means it. Yeah. So I think, like you said, you know, we've moved on. Olson's doing great for the Braves. Freddie's doing perfectly for the Dodgers. Let's just go.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they, they finally get some closure to it. And, by the way, of all the, the, the Braves who are no longer on the team that have come back and they've given them their rings – you know, because, yes. you, know, you know, they've done the ceremonies like with uh, Solaire, yep. guys like that. Freeman's the other one they invited to speak to the crowd. Yeah, of course. For obvious reasons. So, yeah, that, I mean, that that was the smart thing to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, he could have still chosen to stay there. At the yes. very, despite his agents, uh, yes. he, he had the power. Chipper Jones told him not to not to do it. right. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the day, he's got to be the guy who puts his name on it.
1: Uh, well, and also like, you know, you and I both seem to agree that everyone seems to have moved on. Well, the Braves certainly turned it around, you know, from the beginning of the season to the way they're playing now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could see the Mets are hot and have been all the year, but the Braves are right up there and they're certainly going to be a playoff contender. And I think they, they're just moving on and, playing as well as they
0: can. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because, uh, you know, uh, Albies is hurt. Yeah. Acuna has not performed to his normal level yet. I think there's yep. still some lingering, uh, aspects, oh, for but, sure. but I will say this, I will give this to him as much as he's struggling at the plate when he does get on base, he's got 20 stolen bases. So he's, yes, he's, he's contributing in other phases of the game, even if his bats letting him down and you can tell he's a little hesitant in the field. Yeah, uh, because that's where he got hurt. Absolutely. Um, so there, there is that piece of it. So you look at all these these factors, but the Braves got hot. You know, what was it uh, the I forget the name of the, the the Mets commentator who said the it was over at the end of May when they were ten and a half up. And it's like uh, it's you know, he's probably liking it because get, he's getting a lot of clicks. But, but at the same time, it's like, did you not see the Washington Nationals a few years ago? 12 games under 500 at the end of May. You never declare anything over at the end it of May. It was
1: probably Josh Lewin, but I'll just, you know, that's my own personal opinion.
0: Yeah, so uh, so yeah, so the Braves, you know, cut from 10 and a half down to two and a half. They got it to one and a half, but then they lost two out of three to the Mets, but they'll play 12 more times. Uh, so there's going to be- Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is coming down to the wire and it'll, it'll be a great race. And, uh, you know, I think both are gonna get in. Uh, I he's really the wild card right now too. So yeah, they're playing well. Yeah. So it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see where that goes. So uh, give me your status of the pirates uh, at at this stage. I I know you were very disgusted early on in the season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good word for it. (laughs) I am less disgusted now, uh, which is saying something that they're playing at a 419 pace. And I, Looked at it, and that is uh, 65 and 97. And I predicted before the year began that they would lose less than 100 games. So that's right on. Uh, Part of the issue is they discovered some kids who can probably play. But, you know, these are guys like uh, Sawinski came up from double A, came straight from double A, and he has 14 home runs. But then the league figured him out. And he was 0 for 29 before they sent him to AAA. Hmm. There's a lot of that going on. Unfortunately, there are some Yoshitsutsugos and others like that that are veterans that are taking up space in the lineup who need to go. And you might say that they're showcasing them for trade value, but I guarantee you there is no trade value. They also make some uh, unbelievable pickups. They picked up Michael Chang from the Indians who was... 0 for 19 with 15 strikeouts, and they picked him up put him right in the lineup, and that continued until they DFA'd him a month later. Mm -hmm. So there are kids, you know, Castillo's one of these that nobody thought was going to be anything, and, uh, you know, here's uh, along with the Satsugo, Josh Van Meter, he's out there at first base. Michael Chavis should be playing first base every day if possible, and they got Vogel back to DH, and he's probably leading the league in walks, but he's also hitting the ball with power and a very good uh, presence in the clubhouse. They just need to keep turning him a little faster. Unfortunately, Jose Quintana has been great, you know, as a reclamation product, but I'm sure he's going to get spun at the trade deadline. And I understand that. The good news is Mitch Keller seems to have finally figured himself out after four years. Um, You know, in spring training, it was, oh, my God, Mitch Keller is throwing 100 miles an hour. Well, he came in and he threw 100 miles an hour, and everyone hit him like he was batting practice. Hmm. So now he discovered this huge sweeping slider, and no one can hit it. So he's pitched very well, last five or six. J.T. Brubaker, who's been hurt twice or three times, he's in his late 20s, and he's apparently going to be one of the top starters on the team. He started opening day, but he's come around, too. So they're doing better. There's still a lot to go. Their minor league system is awesome. And their draft pick the other day, they picked fourth. He's a high school shortstop with an attitude. And I mean that in every good way possible. They need more of them. They need more athletes that who knows where they're going to play, who knows how soon they're going to play, but they give them some hope. So that was a long way of getting around. They're a little better than they were, and they're about
0: where I thought they would be. And uh, what do you think about Key Brian Hayes? Love
1: him. Uh, they're still trying. All you hear is he needs to develop some power. And, well, the whole team needs to develop some power, okay? And he has – his power is to right center. He's a right-handed hitter. His power is to right center. And, in fact, if you're watching him with his swing, just the way he follows through, you, it's almost like he's programmed to hit the ball to right center even inside out if he gets those inside pitches, and that's fine. Some of the best hitters ever could go the other way. He needs some launch angle. Uh, On the other side of the ball, he's leading the major leagues in defensive runs saved, and he's not had a good year at third base. He has five or six or seven errors, which is unheard of for him, but he's still leading the major leagues in defensive runs saved, so that could be even more huge he should be a shoe in for the gold glove. Uh, Don't tell Nolan Arenado I said that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so one of the fun stories in baseball this year is kind of been the resurgence of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, They are sitting at 500 now, 46 and 46, uh, you know, 18 games out of first place, but here's the thing. So we know how dreadful they were last year. And I heard this tremendous stat from uh, Tim Kirchin on the Tony Kornheiser podcast. So the Baltimore Orioles were so bad last year, they finished 39 games out of fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> it is so bad, it's hilarious. Yes, I mean, that is terrible. We did. Well, and, the I other think, thing, and I think that was ahead. like a record for, you know, being far, so far right. back behind the, the second worst team in the division. Out of next to last. Yeah.
1: Well, and, you know, coming into the year, you looked at the ALEs and you said, there's four possible playoff teams there. And then there's the Orioles. <laughs> and they're at 500 in last place. I checked that right before we started. And they had that huge, long winning streak. Uh, nobody predicted they would turn it around this quick. And for all we know, they haven't turned it around. They may go on a 12 game losing streak here because of the youngsters and, you know, Mancini and these guys, and some of them are going to be leaving soon. Uh, there's uh, confusion in the front office and the ownership suite as to who owns them and someone suing the other one. You know, who knows what's going to happen there? However, I think it's a great story. It's a phenomenal baseball city, it's three times the baseball city that Washington is. Um, And, I mean, the history goes back to, although he didn't play there, Babe Ruth was born there in downtown Baltimore. And it is just a great place to be and love baseball. And, of course, Camden Yards was the first of the new ballparks, too. It's just really good to see them competing. And you know what? There's no way they're going to pass up the Yankees. It would do my heart good if they passed up the Red Sox.
0: And they have a shot at that. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, hopefully they can kind of keep – you know, it's a long way to go still, but uh, hopefully, yeah. you know, they're going to end up much better than they were a year ago. So that, they have seventy games
1: left. They're at night, forty-six yeah. and forty-six. I think, yeah. I you know, they're going to be way better. Let's put it
0: that. Way. Yeah. So you know, uh, certainly great to see, as you mentioned. Yeah, the, the the history of baseball. You know, the the legacies of you know uh eddie murray and cal ripkin jr and jim palmer and boog powell i mean you could just go on and on uh yep. with, with all the the greatness of, the, of baseball that's uh taking place there and yeah, camden was the first of the new old ballparks yep. uh yep. and and it still holds up from what i hear it sure does it's been a while since i've been there and i will
1: uh, proudly say i went to memorial stadium many times when i was in dc we would drive up to baltimore to go to games and although it was hot and humid and metal bleachers and outside in August, it was just a great baseball experience. So it's been that way, you know, since whenever, mm-hmm. you know, since they moved, were the St. Louis Browns, I guess, but it's always just been a great baseball town.
0: Yeah. And, uh, what was it? Uh, Rochester, I think was their triple A team. Uh, yep. uh, I don't know if that's still the case or not, but, uh, once upon a time, uh, you know, my uh, my uh, grandparents, they lived in Charleston, West Virginia. So uh, I got to go to a Charleston Charlies minor league baseball game. Uh, yes. And among the people I saw there were a minor leaguer by the name of Cal Ripken Jr. Wow. And another name you'll be familiar with, Vaughn Purple Hayes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, a lot of talent came through there. Yeah. You know, in,
1: in the 70s, the Pirates uh, A team was there for a while. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those guys, the lumber company guys, came through there.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, that was kind of neat to have some of those tie into, uh, you know, the great stories of baseball uh, yep. history. So let me ask you this, Jay. Have you ever once in your life turned down $440 million?
1: <laughs> I had that at the top of my list here to, to discuss. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what I can look at this from both sides. Um, who if is there anyone that's worth it might be him. Uh, I saw I read I can't remember whoever the athletic writer is for the nationals said they're idiots for not giving it to him because when are you ever going to get a chance to have this kind of talent on your team for however long that was going to be 12 years or whatever it was. Um, I don't quite agree with that because I look at Mike Trout. So are we saying the Nationals' front office is as sharp or dull as the Angels' front office? The Angels have all the money in the world. Arturo Moreno has the money to spend. You know, he's got the guy who's been the best player in baseball for years out there in center field. He's got the biggest draw in baseball if they weren't on the West Coast in Otani. They can't win anything. One of the tweets I saw this week said, so the Angels will uh, sign Soto, and they'll have Mike Trout, Otani, and Soto, and they'll go 79 and 83, which I thought was hilarious.
0: <laughs> and spend a billion dollars doing
1: so. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And then pay the luxury <laughs> tax. So if anyone's worth it, he's the guy. I'm not sure anyone's worth it. And, you know, I don't, I don't, But I also don't want to hear Soto saying he's disappointed that the discussion got out there after he turned it down.
0: Yeah. And you look at from his aspect, cause he's still a very young player.
1: Yeah. What's he 23?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he, he would be not smart to sign a 15 year deal because, you know, he can sign for eight. Yes. And then get another big payday. Yeah. He doesn't need term. He, he needs cash. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I guess, you know, when you break down, you know, the the average annual salary, you know, 440 over 15, you know, they're thinking, okay, you know, in years 10 to 15, the value of that is going to be considerably less than. Yes. Which just sounds crazy for us to even to be (laughs) thinking about those kind of numbers. But uh, if he has to go, what are they going to get? I mean,
1: prospects. How do we know what, what kind of prospects are they? I don't care if they're the top prospect on these other teams. And then if he goes, that means it's a total teardown, and it means Josh Bell's next out the door, and any pitching they have left is out the door. They are going to stink forever.
0: Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a it's a, it's a tough contender, you know, because you know they they let Bryce Harper get away. Yes, you know they're they're you know at least. On one hand, they're showing an effort. Hey, we want to keep our best player. Yep. So that is at least a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I would I would be interested. You know, I I don't think the Braves would would make the trade for him. They would right. have prospects to deal with. Sure. Uh, but can you imagine Soto and Will Smith on the same team? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. What do you do?
1: It's so Will- like the Barry Bonds intentional walk with the bases loaded. you
0: know. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't understand Will Smith getting so upset uh, at Soto. It's like, dude, pitch better. <laughs> <That's> exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Just pitch better. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all within your control. <laughs> I'm doing my job. You do yours. Yeah, exactly. Um, what other items did you have on your list for the proceedings?
1: I want to talk about possible rules changes, and automated ball and strike calls. We've talked about this before. After watching, you know, a half season this year of baseball, I think they have to go to automated ball and strike calls because only consistency. I watched a game where Angel Hernandez was behind home plate, (laughs) and it's like he didn't even see the pitches. He just called what was next on his list. Um, Now, we all know he's not good at his job compared to other umpires, okay? But the lack of consistency is just remarkable. And I'm going to add, I'm going to give him a little out on this. We only know that because they put the little box over home plate, and we see if the ball went through the strike zone, as Mm -hmm. opposed to our home team judgment. But we can see who's good and who's bad. I think it has to happen. I'm sorry. Now, here's the other one. You know, I, I hate the designated hitter, but I've accepted it. As, as the great Brad Sham once said to me, here comes the bus. You get on the bus. You can miss the bus, you can get hit by the bus. <laughs> get on the bus. <laughs> well, here's my next uh, hill to die on. Banning the shift. So we want to speed games up, right? But we're going to ban the shift to make it easier for hitters to get on base. You and Joe and I have had this discussion before. Just hit the ball over there where no one is standing. Yeah. You're a major leaguer. You'll get a double if you hit the ball over there where no one is standing. Banning the shift. What's next? We're going to ban curveballs because they're too difficult to hit.
0: And Joe, well, um, Joey Gallo would be all for that. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, boy. <laughs> did, you, did you see um, his agent? I, I don't want to say his name. Um, said that, you know, Joey Gallo could easily be fixed if he went back to the Rangers or one of the other teams. He's been. Yeah. No, he can't. He's always going to strike out. Yeah. I'm sorry. The whole league knows that. Both leagues know that. <laughs> Anyhow, back to the shift. Yeah. So apparently it's like two guys have to be on this side, of, proposed on this side of the infield. Can one of them stand directly behind second base or does he have to have one foot on this side? Come on, play baseball. You know, if you got three guys over here, don't hit it that way or hit it over their Mm heads. I told you in spring training uh, I was at a uh, Phillies game against the Jays where they put the third baseman in the outfield and had four outfielders and shifted them around and then had three guys on the first base side. There was no one over here. The closest guy on the third base side was the left fielder, and he was 100 feet off the line just hit the ball over there and run forever. I don't yeah. understand.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, old man, but I don't get it. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I were managing, I would not put my team in the shift very often. Agreed. If at all, um, you know, I, I, I keep wanting to ask pitchers what they think about the shift, especially, you know, when a ball, yeah. you know, is you know, should be an out. Yes. But the fielders aren't where they're supposed to be. They're not where the they're supposed online. to be.
1: Yeah. I hit it through the shortstop. Oh, he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> the pitchers can't like that.
0: No, I, I would think that has to be very frustrating. Uh, yeah. Again, I hate the shift, but, you know, I don't like taking that. Piece, if, the, if the manager wants to use that piece of strategy, let him. Exactly. To, <laughs> yes, just beat him at his own game.
1: Yeah. All right. I have one other pet peeve. All right. All these different ways to watch the games. Apple TV Plus on Friday nights. Peacock Network on Sunday mornings. Uh, There was another one. It doesn't matter. Um, There was a stretch of four games. Now, I have the uh, extra innings package. There was a stretch, I may have brought this up last time. I just want to complain again. There was a stretch of four Pirates games where I could not watch three of them. And I pay for MLB extra innings package, okay? Friday, uh, Thursday, I don't remember what it was. Uh, It was YouTube, that's what it was. So one game was on YouTube, Friday was on Apple TV+. Plus. Saturday was actually on, and Sunday was on the Peacock Network. Now, yes, I could pay for all those, But I've already paid for the extra innings package, which is supposed to bring me virtually all the baseball games. So I understand this is how they make money. The NFL makes billions of dollars on the Sunday ticket and the Red Zone channel and all that stuff. I understand that's how they make money. However, a sport like baseball, which is hurting compared to some of the other sports with regards to declining viewership, you need as many eyes as possible on the game that's how you make fans and the nfl learned that in 1973 when they lifted the blackout on home games that were sold out and immediately voila the nfl became the most popular game in the country i think baseball is missing out on that and i applaud them for getting all these extra packages but i think they're losing fans plus Now I no longer see Heidi Watney on Quick Pitch because she's on Apple TV Plus. So (laughs) it just upsets me. Yeah, well, I can see why. I can definitely after nine years of watching her on Quick Pitch at night and in the morning, it's just not the same.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think the fact that you know the uh, you know because they've they've turned it into a regional sport. Yes and with you know and with these restrictions on you know what you could watch in your market what you can't watch in your market mm-hmm. um you know yeah it's great that you can get mlb extra innings but then if you start taking that inventory away for apple tv for youtube facebook peacock you know yep. you know and then it seems like they t- just keep taking little slices of that away and it's like okay You know why the Red Zone Channel works? You can get every game. That's it. That's the Sunday ticket is perfect because you can get every. It is. And and why MLB won't make that available. You know, I think it's genius having 11 o'clock start on Sunday. I agree. I love love that. You know, that'd be great if it were on one of the one of the uh, networks. But it's not.
1: (laughs) because they're not smart I'm sorry
0: yeah I think I've watched part of one game on Apple TV the only thing I will say about Apple TV that is is positive the graphics because they're like your phone oh good they're just clean and sharp it's it's just a very appealing aesthetic Uh, a good friend of
1: mine just bought a new television and part of it was when he bought it, he got three months free of Apple TV Plus. And so he didn't hooked it up just in time for a Friday night, last Friday, to watch baseball. And he basically said exactly the same thing you just did. He said the visual
0: presentation is fantastic. Yeah. So that is hopefully something that will get farmed out to the other properties. God, we can at only hope. Or or the, or the other properties will start stealing those ideas at least. <laughs>
1: I have a great uh, baseball story for you that happened today. Um, It comes from a sad situation. I went to a funeral today for a coworker and this gentleman, and his name is Ted, I'll just leave it at that. Ted was the in-booth engineer for all Texas Rangers games and all Dallas Cowboys games for 32 years. Now, despite that, he was only 56, okay, and you know, No one has ever been as beloved as him. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, All those things, you know, when he passed away, uh, they had the aforementioned Brad Sham was on the NBC5 news here that night. And Brad said, Brad's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. He said, Ted was better at his job than I am at mom. (laughs) Okay. So to hear that kind of stuff. So today was his uh, celebration of life. It wasn't really a sad funeral. There were 200 people in this small church. And the first speaker was Eric Nadel, who is the voice of the Texas Rangers and has been for 40-some years. He won the Ford Frick Award and is in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. He is the best of the old school guys. He uh, is very erudite. He takes the pauses. He does not yell. He uses big words. uh, And he paints word pictures like Paul Harvey. Okay, that's just how good he is. And Eric was the first speaker. And he spoke for maybe five minutes and he was brilliant and he was funny and he was poignant and he painted those word pictures and he sat down and then Ted's best friend got up to speak and he said, Ted's last laugh is making me speak after a professional broadcaster who's in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) and and the the tribute is you know Eric was there he's in the Hall of Fame Brad Sham was there he's in the Hall of Fame but the whole Cowboys team was there Brad, Babe, Christy Danny Miles the producer all those people were there Chuck Cooperstein who does the Mavericks games didn't even work for us works for another company he was there it was like a who's who and it's because of Ted and this is a great part of the story knows nothing about baseball wow (laughs) And his agreement with Eric Nadell was, and Ted was a bicycle freak. He was right in the middle of Tour de France. He thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Eric and Ted had an agreement that Ted would pretend to be interested in baseball if Eric would pretend to be interested in the Tour de France. And that was, <laughs> that was their little agreement. Uh, yeah. But I had to share the story of Eric Nadell today.
0: That's, you can have a
1: Hall of Famer speak at your funeral. And you're doing okay.
0: Yeah, that's not bad at all. Not bad <laughs> at all. Oh, that's a that's an outstanding story. All right, so you ready to do uh, some TV themes? Absolutely. All right, let's go with yours first. And here it is. Jay, tell the folks about your selection. So I chose the theme from Ironside. I'm not so sure
1: why, but uh, before must-see TV, NBC had a great Thursday night lineup. It was the Flip Wilson show, and I thought he was phenomenal. And then it was Ironside, and there was a half-hour show with Nancy Walker called Nancy, and then it was the Dean Martin show. And I still recall doing a Dean Martin impression in fourth or fifth grade where I would sit on top of the piano and pretend I was drunk. Seriously. (laughs) And I would sing everybody loves somebody. But Ironside, I loved it because first of all, in the back of my mind, I knew of Perry Mason and I'd seen the repeats, but that was kind of before my time, you know, that was to me that Perry Mason was black and white television. Yeah. But here's Raymond Burr with that voice of his. And my God, he's a cop and he's in a wheelchair. And he's got Don Galloway there as Ed Brown. And he's got, you know, Eve, Eve, uh, what was her name? I got it right here. Uh, Eve Whitfield played by Barbara Anderson, who was just beautiful. And then he's got Mark, uh, Mark Sanger, who was the troubled youth, who they got to be his bodyguard and push his wheelchair around. And, you know, just the special circumstances he was on, he took, you know, a room of the San Francisco Police Department to make it his place. It was a special assignment and wrote in a special van, which, by the way, was a 1940 one and a half ton van at the beginning of the series. <laughs> um, and they blew it up in one of the episodes and got him a new van. But, you know, it was a great police drama in the early 70s, you know, on for eight seasons on NBC. But what got me was just the beginning of the theme song, it caught your attention. And then it was just great music and of course i looked it up and ah quincy jones yeah come on quincy jones was making tv theme songs before anyone else in his sleep okay and i looked at i wikipedia it and that's, i just made that a verb and uh, the musicians on there are some of the best jazz and session guys in existence okay and you know it was a short little intro to the show so much so and so successful that he made a four-minute version of it and put it on his 1971 album, Smackwater Jack, and got played all over the place. Album Rock Stations played it because it was so cool and it was a popular TV show. So yeah. Quincy Jones, he's the man, and that, that song will forever stick in my brain.
0: Yeah, of course, you know, I hadn't realized that Ironside was on for almost eight years. I know. It didn't seem I that long. moved well. it around a bit. yeah. And, and you know, and for a a guy like Raymond Burr to play an iconic character in Perry Mason yes. to have another successful run like that as a different character. Yep. Is, uh, It,
1: it had a, a rebirth, like, I don't know, in the 90s for a, like four episodes mm-hmm. and it got canceled and it was awful. Um, Blair Underwood was the was the uh, lead. Yeah. Not that I he was awful. That. The show was awful. Though. And yeah. uh, Raymond Burr did a guest shot in that, and at that point he was in a wheelchair because he was dying of cancer. Uh, but they, of course, used him, and I put "used" in quotes um, to uh, try to boost your ratings, and it didn't work.
0: Mm. Yeah, and then did they they did they do reunion movies like they did for the Perry Mason? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Yes,
1: and they and, and they brought back some of the people from Perry Mason to be in the Ironside movie. Okay. Barbara Hale and, and a couple others,
0: you know. Okay, nice, nice. Um, yeah, and, and I guess, you know, as Ironside, he was a little bit more gruff than Perry Mason. You know? Yes, absolutely. The difference, difference in character there. So uh, yeah, Ironside, it was a uh, 67 to 75. So yep. uh, there you go. All right, um, and by the, uh, the power of electronic communication, uh, we got a selection from Joe, so we're gonna hear that one now.
1: On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. Deep down, he
0: knew she was right, but he also knew that someday he would return to her. Where else to go? He appeared at the home of his friend, Oscar Madison. Several years
1: earlier, Madison's wife had thrown him out, requesting that he never return. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? (laughs) we
0: And to me, this is one of the great comedies of, of all time. It's The Odd Couple. Uh, first, give me your uh, recollections of, uh, of The Odd Couple. Thursday night, 930
1: ABC. First thing out of my brain. Uh, <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. And I love the fact that the show began with an announcer before the music started underneath explaining the Oscar and Felix relationship. Yes. And then in the background and putting the cigar out, you know, and one's fastidious and the other one's a slob. But the the music perfectly fit, you know, the dichotomy between those two people. The gig and gag, right? Absolutely. That's the perfect way of putting it. Just a fantastic, wonderful comedy. And, you know, uh, I I was an early teen then or maybe even younger. I didn't know who either of those actors were, but they were phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Jack Klugman, of course, played. Oscar Madison. Yep. Tony Randall played Felix Unger, and yep. what was interesting, of course, obviously this was a first, a big Broadway show yes. from Neil Simon. Neil Simon, yeah. And and then a movie with yep. uh, Jack Levin and Walter Matthau. Yep. And of course they were in the Broadway show and then Jack Klugman and Tony Randall actually took over those roles in the Broadway show. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yes, that is.
1: Special props to Tony Randall for later in life. Being in his late seventies and marrying a twenty-year-old woman, <laughs> <laughs> who can I don't a- know if he died or there was a divorce or what. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you,
0: yeah. How do you? How do you? Yeah. How do you top that? Right. So yeah, he he definitely had a crowding achievement there.
1: <laughs> yeah, he would show up on Letterman. This is the NBC Letterman show. Oh yes, He'd yes. Go, how do you do it, Tony? How do you do it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, great uh, yeah, and and the the great chemistry, you know, be, between yeah. those two guys. You know, uh Klug, Klugman was awesome as the slob. Oh. Uh you know. And then you look at the uh uh the additional characters on that show, of course, yes. uh uh you know, of course Gary Marshall did, did all the the writing of the of the T V show, yep. the, the legendary uh producer. Yep. Uh his sister, of course, Penny Marshall before I mean, Laverne. You, you, yeah.
1: Uh, Here's the other thing that I most remember from The Odd Couple. And it is something that lives to this day. The episode we're in the courtroom is where we all learned what the word assume means. (laughs) When he underlines it, he goes, it means you make an ass of you and me. That was Tony (laughs)
0: Randall doing. That is awesome. And, of course, she played uh, uh, Oscar secretary. Yes. Myrna Turner. Myrna, course, that's right. <laughs> Myrna Turner. Uh, and it was interesting because she married Sheldon and it was, who was played by her real life husband, Rob Reiner. Yep. <laughs> so a lot of great time that, And of course, what always cracked me up was you, know, of course, her, her, her siblings were named Werner and Verna. <laughs> Myrna, Werner and Verna. <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> I get those confused all the time.
0: Yes. uh I'm flipping flipping through my book here. Yeah. So so she had that uh she had that and of course. Um uh Al Molinero before being Al in Happy Days. Al, yeah. Murray the cop. Remember him? All
1: those uh you know ABC things they all ran together, happy days, love American style. Yeah. Odd couple. Yep. And it's funny that, like you said, Rob Reiner, because he was on All in the Family at that time, but he yep. owned two different networks.
0: Yes. It's, which back then was pretty much a, a huge accomplishment. Yes. Uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, that uh, Summers was on. Yeah, uh, uh, of course, I was Jack Klugman's real life wife. And I guess, yes. and I guess true, true to, you know, true to form of the show, I think they separated during the last season of that show. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, of course, uh, notable appearances by the legendary Howard Cosep.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's another abc
0: tie-in for you right there yes so uh, yeah that was that, that was fun he, I think he did two episodes so uh uh yeah what a, what a great show that was that was a uh, early 70s 1970 1975. um yep and uh, one of the things i i saw on here too was that uh, they uh, they did the single camera method in season one and used a laugh track they did not have a live studio audience and and i guess you know klugman and Randall hated that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because yeah, they're used I'm... to being, they're, you're, they're used to being on stage and hearing the reaction. Yeah, hear a reaction. The natural laughter and, and things like that. So then they, so uh, in fact, they used the same apartment set that was in the movie. Yep, That first season. So then they opened things up to a studio audience and and uh, changed the set around for that. We did um, the three camera shoot. Yes, exactly. So. Uh, yeah. So from season two on, you know, they were much happier performers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> what a great show.
0: Yeah. No, most definitely the odd couple, uh, certainly enjoyed that. So, uh, well you did it, Jay, you, 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 you did the Otani, you, you, you pitched and you hit, yes, uh, thank you. you know, so, so, uh, so I'm sure Joe appreciates the pinch it, uh, work that you did. And, uh, you know, we'll welcome him back, uh, when we do this again down the road, as we start to get down to the nitty gritty of uh, playoff contention and all that good stuff.
1: Yep, I have two baseball trips coming up. Uh, well, the, you know baseball will be included in the trips. Headed to Pittsburgh in mid-August. Uh, see some, I think the Pirates and Red Sox at PNC Park, Ooh. and then in September, long weekend, two games at Wrigley and one game at Miller Park in Milwaukee. Ah, that's already excellent. got the
0: tickets. Can't wait. That is awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm about, uh, oh gosh, 30 something hours away from leaving for Atlanta. Yeah. That'll be great. Have a great time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. As I say, it's, it's been a few years I've been been wanting to go to Truist park, the pandemic kind of ruined that plan. So it's, uh, it'll be good to be out there and, uh, and, and taking it all in for sure. Yes. All right, Jay. Well, once again, thanks again. We'll talk again soon.